Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of my podcast Explore and Engage with Anam. I would like to start today's episode by talking about the city of Chicago. The city of Chicago is an extremely beautiful city. It's an amazing city. Unfortunately, the city of Chicago is adversely affected because of rising crime. There is widespread crime in the city. And as a result of that, the people living in Chicago are suffering. Not only the residents of Chicago, but the tourists are also suffering. Because, you know, and I'll share with you my personal experience. I I used to love going to Chicago. But for the last couple of years, I have avoided going there just because of the widespread crime. And so I visit Illinois. I visit... Uh, the places in northern Illinois. I visit a lot of the suburbs around Chicago. But I try not to go to the city of Chicago just because there's so much of crime. It's just not a safe place to go to. And I, I, I believe that I'm not the only one. There are lots of other people who probably feel the same way that I do. And so it's, I mean, there's no doubt that the city of Chicago is a beautiful city the place where it's located uh, next to Lake Michigan, and it's just an amazing city, but there's so much of crime, and crime has gone up, I believe, in, in the last few years, and so it's just not a safe place to go to. And so I, I start today's episode by talking about Chicago because there's something that happened in Chicago uh, over the weekend, And I mentioned this in my previous podcast episode. So if you have not listened to that, I would encourage you to go and listen to the previous episode. But I'll recap um, what what I said about Chicago in my last episode. So recently, hundreds of teenagers stormed the streets of downtown Chicago and they blocked traffic, they damaged property, and they caused chaos in downtown Chicago. And that is just unacceptable behavior. And there was so much of chaos that people also got hurt. The teenagers broke laws. They broke the laws of Chicago. And it was just shocking when I saw the news and I and I saw some images and some video clips of what happened in Chicago when the teenagers stormed the streets. And it is, it is unbelievable. It is shocking. And so I would like to talk about, in this episode, about, you know, I would like to talk about Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson's response. So Brandon Johnson, he is the Mayor-elect of Chicago. He was elected this spring, uh, and he's going to be the new mayor going forward. So Brandon Johnson... He actually, to me, and this is my observation, because I'm paying attention to what's happening in Chicago and what some of the leaders are saying, and it seems to me that Brandon Johnson is soft on crime. Because after this shocking incident of teenagers storming the city and causing chaos, the mayor-elect said that it is not constructive to demonize youth. That's what he said. He said it's not constructive to demonize youth. 
And by youth, I believe that the mayor-elect is referring to the lawless youth who caused havoc in the city of Chicago. And that is just a shocking response. It seems to me what the mayor-elect Brandon Johnson is suggesting is that people should not blame the youth, the folks who caused um, havoc in the city of Chicago, that it's not constructive to demonize youth, and it's the same youth, the lawless youth, who caused havoc in the city. Let, let me be very clear. No one is demonizing youth in general. No one is demonizing youth in general. There's widespread crime in the city, and during this recent incident, the teenagers who stormed the streets of downtown Chicago, they blocked traffic, they, they damaged property, and uh, people also suffered from bodily harm. So there were laws that were broken, and so the people who broke the laws, they must be arrested, and they must face legal consequences for their actions. Imagine being a resident of Chicago. Imagine being a victim of the lawlessness that took place recently. It's called the teen takeover. That's what it's being called, the teen takeover that took place over the weekend. Imagine being a victim, a victim whose car has been damaged or someone who suffered from bodily harm. And then the mayor-elect comes out and he seems to sympathize with those who broke the laws by saying that they have been starved of opportunities in their own communities. This is another reason, I think, why people should not visit Chicago, avoid Chicago. This is why I don't feel like going to Chicago, because it's just not a safe place, because the elected leaders have not succeeded in combating crime, or maybe they have not tried hard enough, maybe they have not taken the effective steps that they need to take to combat crime. My friends, there's a pattern that people can observe. In liberal cities, there's more crime. In places like Portland, New York, and Chicago, crime is widespread. And let's talk about the state of California now. I've talked about California a number of times, and I'm going to talk about California again because... It is a beautiful state which is suffering because of liberal policies. The people of California are suffering because of liberal policies. Reportedly, there was a flash mob of criminals who robbed a gas station convenience store just recently. They stole thousands of dollars of products. And this happened in Compton, California on Sunday. A large group of people reportedly blocked an intersection and they took over the street and they looted a store. Thousands of dollars worth of products were stolen. This happened in California. Businesses, I believe, are no longer safe in places like California where crime is widespread. Every time a business is looted and robbed, think about what the business owner goes through. And this is traumatic. This is traumatic for the business owner, for the entire neighborhood, and it's traumatic for the region. Business owners take a lot of risks, and they work really hard to start a business and to help it grow. 
And then a mob comes and loots the business in a place like California. And so what message does that send to society? What message does it send to the person who is thinking about starting a business? Who would want to take financial risks, work hard, comply with all kinds of government rules and regulations, and try to earn a living only to end up seeing the business being robbed and damaged by looters? This is extremely sad. And this is happening in a place like California. People must leave liberal cities and states and find places where they will be protected. Reportedly, 100 people were involved in this incident, in this incident in California. The looting of a gas station convenience store, 100 people were involved in this. So it seems to me that this is an organized effort to commit crime, rob, steal, and loot. And this is happening in California. And it was just last year that a flash mob in Los Angeles, California, looted and ransacked a 7-Eleven. So my conclusion would be that businesses are not safe in California. Business owners in California must look for safer communities. Maybe they must look for states where uh, their businesses will be protected. So businesses are really not safe in California. And what I'm seeing in the news, and particularly this incident that happened on Sunday, this is extremely shocking. And it is sad. And I feel extremely sorry for the businesses that are operating in California and that are suffering because of widespread crime in the state. Okay, moving on to the next topic. Marianne Williamson is an author, and she is running for the office of the president, and she's running as a Democrat. Marianne Williamson, in a recent interview, said that Joe Biden has not done enough for the working class. She said that Joe Biden the president, hasn't done enough for the working class. Actually, if you ask me, I believe that the Biden administration has adopted many policies that hurt the working class, that adversely affected the working class. Congressional Democrats and the Biden administration's approval of reckless spending and their green energy policies and their anti-fossil fuel position, all of these have hurt the working class. The supply chain crisis took place, and people are still suffering because of the supply chain crisis. And if you ask me, I'll say that it's not completely over. The supply chain crisis still continues, and that all happened and continues to happen with President Joe Biden in office. I've talked about inflation before a number of times. I've written about inflation. If you visit my website, tossifanam.net, and check out my blog, you'll see that I've written quite a bit about inflation and rising prices in the economy and uh, and that people are suffering as a result. Hardworking Americans are suffering because of rising prices in the country. And nothing seems to be exempt from the widespread increase in prices that the Americans have been suffering from. Inflation is still going on. And President Joe Biden's administration and the Democrats in Washington, they approved 
reckless spending and that's why we have inflation we have inflation because the government spent a lot of money i'm a strong supporter of fossil fuels because fossil fuels are a reliable source of energy but the current administration the biden administration they are anti-fossil fuel they are not friendly towards fossil fuels and because of their anti-fossil fuel policies we continue to see such high gasoline prices in the economy and in a state like california i've just talked about california and let me come back to california again democrat politicians in places like california approved a measure to ban the sale of new gas powered vehicles in the state by 2035 what a lot of liberal politicians are doing are going against consumer choice their policies are against freedom and against our wallets those policies are against americans budgets from a thriving economy under the trump administration and yes we did have a thriving economy when president trump was in office and now we are stuck in an economy that is struggling and hard working americans are struggling in this economy because there's one crisis after another inflation energy crisis and obviously there's another crisis at our southern border which is the border crisis and i have talked quite a bit about that before i have discussed immigration issues in my podcast i have written about immigration issues um in fact if you go to my website tossifanam.net and you go to the published opinions section you will see that i've written um letters to editor and op-eds about immigration issues and i've written about immigration in my blog and as i said i've discussed immigration issues in my podcast i am an immigrant i came to the united states by following the nation's laws and rules and i became a citizen and it was one of the happiest days of my life the day i took the oath of allegiance to become a united states citizen i am a proud american and i talk about immigration issues a lot because i've seen the immigration system i've been through it i've experienced it and my view has always been that we need to secure the southern border we must not allow people to come into the country illegally we must secure the border and stop the inflow of undocumented immigrants people who wish to come to the united states must do so by following america's laws and rules by coming in through the legal process by coming in through the proper process and that has always been my position and i have talked a lot about it in details since joe biden came to office the country has been suffering because of a border crisis and the border crisis still continues millions of foreign nationals have entered the united states through the southern border illegally millions of people came in without authorization and every day many more people are flowing into the united states every single day this is happening and as i said millions of people have already entered the united states illegally 
since President Biden came to office. And my friends, let me share with you that I really miss the days when President Trump was in office and his administration worked really hard to secure the border. Let me pause for a second and express my gratitude to all those who continue to listen to my podcast. I truly appreciate that people continue to listen to what I have to say, and it's just an amazing feeling when I publish new episodes, and then I observe that people are listening to my podcast episodes. And let me tell you, my friends, every time I receive a comment or a message from one of my listeners, it just makes me so happy. And I want to say that because I share a lot of my views on various social and political issues uh, through my podcast, I, I do understand that there are people out there who will agree with my views and there are people who will disagree with my views. But whether you agree with me or you disagree with me, I would request that you send me a message. Share with me what you want to say. Share with me your thoughts. If you uh, liked something that I said in one of my episodes, let me know that. If you disagree with something that I said, let me know that as well. Stay connected with me, and you can always check out my website, tossifanam.net. Let me now move on to the next topic, which is the price of stamps. The price of stamps is likely going up, and it's going to go up from 63 cents to 66 cents. And that means people will likely be paying more to send letters to loved ones. And I realize that we live in this age of technology and a lot of communications um, can actually happen through the internet. We can connect with our loved ones on social media and obviously we can send emails and there are so many other methods of communication. Uh, obviously phone calls and text messages. But the postal system is still a part of our lives and I have to tell you um, that, and this is just my view, you may agree with me, you may not. I believe that the United States Postal Service is not very efficient, and that's my opinion. I believe that USPS is pretty outdated. Um, their service is, I think, slow, and it's not very efficient. And now people will likely have to pay more to buy stamps. Now, can people expect better service for the extra money that they are going to be spending for each stamp? I don't know the answer to that. Are there ways that the postal service can be made more efficient? I'm sure there are. I think some highly qualified policy analysts must sit down and examine the United States Postal Service and look for ways to improve um, the service to improve the organization as a whole. In conclusion, I will say that it's just getting more difficult for Americans to afford things in this economy. Even stamps, even the price of stamps is going up from 63 cents to 66 cents. And everything adds up. Everything that we buy from food to clothes to cars to stamps when price 
of each and every item goes up. It all adds up and it just creates a big burden for the budget of a hardworking American family. And Americans are suffering as a result of inflation and price increase. And I've talked about it quite a bit. And in just in this episode, I did mention that it is it is a poor economy that we are in right now. And people are struggling every single day. I feel that my podcast episode will not be complete unless I talk about the presidential election that's coming up. And it is coming up in November 2024. And... The political arena is getting heated and analysts are busy trying to figure out who's running and who's not. And here's an interesting update that I have that I want to share with you all. Republican Mayor Francis Suarez of Miami, the Republican Mayor of Miami, he is telling that he is seriously considering the possibility of running for president. And this is Quite an exciting new development. This is going to be exciting. So let's talk about Florida. We have former President Donald Trump, who now lives in Florida. He is running. And then there's a possibility, and a lot of people say it's a possibility, that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis may run for president. Although he has not announced anything yet, but there is possibility that he may run. And this is what's keeping a lot of political analysts and commentators busy because there's so much of anticipation, so much of speculation, who's going to be running, who's not going to be running. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis may run, as some people say. And now a Republican mayor of Miami, Florida, Mayor Francis Suarez, he's saying that he is seriously considering the possibility of running for president. So all eyes on Florida... We have former President Donald Trump, and then we have uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis possibly running. Who knows? We'll find out pretty soon. And then now the mayor, the Republican mayor of Miami, Florida, he is saying that he is considering the possibility of running. So this is exciting. As I keep saying always that in the weeks and months ahead, we will find out more who's going to be running, who's not going to be running. But I think the more candidates we have, the more competition there will be. And I think that's a good thing because at the end of the day, the voters get to decide. They get to decide um, who, is going to be, um, who is going to be the nominee. And with that, I will end this episode. And I hope that you will all stay connected with me. Once again, my website is tossifanam.net. Please go check it out, and I hope to be back again with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam.